You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu dot com code GLOW. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with J.P. McNamara on C103. Cork's greatest hits. C103. And good morning. Our lines are open on 0818 103 103 or you can text or indeed WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. And ahead on this morning's programme, we're going to be discussing the issue of dog fouling, which unfortunately is on the rise again. Despite measures in place over the last number of years, the issue seems to be as bad as ever. And we'll be discussing and following uh, an email we have received yesterday. And it's from uh, a mother who really found herself in a situation that while she does her best to avoid dog dirt, it didn't work out for her this time. Just highlighting the issue, uh, we'll discuss that shortly on the programme. Also, the Northern Ring Road, which we have got calls about in the last 24 hours. There's mixed responses to the funding announcement for major road projects across Cork. Uh, you would have heard on our news over yesterday afternoon and again this morning on the various road networks that are going to be upgraded and that got funding. And while some welcome them in various areas of the county and indeed in various parts of the city. Uh, one which is known as the Cork City Northern Transport Project. Formerly, uh, many of us refer to it as the Northern Ring Road. Uh, that was just allocated €100,000 uh, for this year, but many feel it doesn't go far enough. And the reason this road is required, uh, the growing populations in Kerry Pike, in Tower and in Clohean, uh, and the traffic and the increase in traffic travelling to those areas, as many people have purchased houses outside the city to uh, different areas of Cork. Uh, they, the residents, first of all in Clohim, they had to campaign for speed limits so that people would slow down driving through their area. But they also uh, really need this road for those areas to expand as more and more houses are built there. And then you have uh, people who make commute from various areas of Cork to Little Island to work. And you have the communities then within Mayfield and Ballyvalan who every day are caught up with Arctic trucks driving through those areas. People are trying to cross 
roads and I'm sure many people can identify with that in towns and villages across Cork. So uh, the north side not very happy this morning with what has come out from that yesterday. Again, it does argue is that area of Cork always forgotten about compared to other areas we'll be discussing. And speaking with Deputy Lord Mayor of Cork, Councillor Damien Boylan this morning on that. And we're going to hear why a protest was held outside Leinster House this week to highlight the destruction of hedgerows across the country. And many feel they are destroying the landscape of Ireland by removing so many hedgerows. And the first dog festival is coming to Cork. We're going to find out about pups in the park later in the programme and our movie review with Mark. So that and more to come between now and one, along with your calls and comments. Bernie taking those this morning on 0818 103 103 or you can text and indeed WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. You can email across the show to Cork today at c103.ie. But something what I heard Barry mention there earlier on, and this is on our news, that is, and this is to do with the special 9% VAT rate for the hospitality sector. It's supposed to be scrapped and it's going to cause a lot of anger among restaurants, owners and publicans and hoteliers in particular who were campaigning for this to be kept for their industry. And it looks like when we talk about the cost of living measures, which we did discuss on the show yesterday and the cabinet yes- met yesterday morning on that and again yesterday afternoon and why they had had concerns within Cabinet about what should be done and what should not be done. It seems last night government sources have told many of the political reporters that the VAT rate would be returning to the normal 13.5% rate when the temporary measures lapse at the end of this month. And this also comes in line with the reduction in excise on fuel that is also set to lapse, which could push petrol and indeed diesel prices back up to two euros a litre, which is going to be another huge blow to motorists. And then on the VAT for restaurants and hoteliers, it's also going to affect the deli counters you go to. And if you do every so often go along to maybe your local petrol station or forecourt or wherever for a breakfast roll, well, that could increase by 25% if the hospitality VAT rate is not maintained. Now, the the news is coming because of the alcohol prices we've seen being charged in some pubs, mainly in Dublin over the last number of weeks, nearly 10 euros for a pint in the Temple Bar area, which is always more expensive anyhow uh, in Dublin. If you're going anywhere, you'll pay a lot more in that area of Dublin than anywhere else. And that could be said for any area of Ireland where you know that you will be charged more for whatever. Uh, but the levy, which which is charged on hot food does come under this VAT rate. So you're going to see an increase in food you get from a deli counter in your local shop or indeed in a, in a local petrol station. And also there's talks for restaurants or indeed hotels or cafes uh, that the days of the 10 euro lunch, well, that could be completely out the window as sources within the industry say they would have to charge an extra two euros and 50 cents if the VAT rate goes up to 13.5%. And that's outside of all the costs they have to endure as well at the moment with everything else going up. So it will be a blow to everybody in that industry, but it will have a knock-on effect then to the wider society and will it drive prices up elsewhere? And then you're going to have the situation when you look at the petrol and diesel with the excise lapsing on that, which means the fuel will go up to nearly €2 a litre. It would seem uh, that then will lead to deliveries increasing, such as your your bread van will have to pay more to fuel up. Will we see a knock-on effect on the increase in groceries then when the fuel prices 
increased. Uh, I know they're overall saying inflation is decreasing, but still when something like this happens, it does and can push up the price again. Anyhow, your uh, views are welcome on that on 0818 103 103. Bernie taking those calls or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. And while we're discussing the cost of living, and as I mentioned there, the ministers did meet yesterday uh, looking at various ways to ease uh, the living crisis and the cost of it and all of us. And you would think from listening to this this morning, they haven't done very much. But anyhow, one of the items mentioned yesterday, it was that extra 200 euro energy credit. It was being considered and the Greens were against this, as we discussed yesterday. They feel it should be delayed until later in the year. Don't give a credit for the summer. Give it in the autumn and winter period instead. Uh, ministers wanted to go ahead and give another one this summer. So there is a bit of back and forth on that. Now, there is going to be an announcement next Tuesday. So we'll get clarity on all of these measures. But on the cost of living, uh, these people spoke to us yesterday afternoon and they've been telling us that they now really are feeling the pinch. Like the energy companies can't on one hand be making massive profits and then we'll also on the other hand paying huge amounts for electricity. It doesn't make any sense. Not much we're going to be able to do. I mean, um, all the bills are piling on. So I'm on the prepay, so like that you felt like kind of we can keep a little bit of an eye on it on the level and that kind of thing of the amount that we were spending in that sense. But yeah, I did feel like you would have to top it up a little bit more. My bill is about 1,300 euros and I got 200 euros off it. So it's insane. We're putting washes on at night time. We're turning down, you know, we've cut back on like the dishwasher use doing the shorter cycles. Literally, I've looked up everything that we possibly can do. We're at 1,500 a month in childcare. We're now at 600 a month on electricity. There's not a lot left. I'm in a house where there is five adults and three children. And our energy is, like, our bills are absolutely horrendous. Oh, like, we're talking, like, 900 quid was our last bill. I'd say keep them going for the summer and the winter. They have the money, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what people spoke to us yesterday afternoon on their views and how they are feeling it tough and what everybody is trying to do uh, when it comes to the bills increasing and everybody, as you heard there, looking at not putting on the dishwasher as much or not using the dishwasher at all if you're lucky enough to have one and the various ways how they can save money and I'm sure a lot of you listening are doing the same so views welcome on that text or WhatsApp 0862103103 and we'll hear more across the morning on what is to happen with that 9% VAT rate that will change and also the increasing cost into petrol and diesel that is due as well at the end of this month now something different that has come into us this morning and a lot of people have mixed views on this even though when AIR issued us a statement, uh, it doesn't really affect those that did contact us initially or those who had grandparents they were worried about. Uh, This is how the phone company that is AIR, they are defending their move to charge people who receive or like to receive a paper bill in the post. If you do receive a paper bill from AIR, you will now be charged €5.99. And this is in a bid for AIR themselves to go entirely online and they talk about their sustainability plan and becoming greener uh, like many companies are. And also then the company states that more than 18 5 million sheets of paper have been saved so far by customers who are choosing to go paperless. Uh, but some felt it was wrong that older people who may not use email or don't want to use email or with all the various scams going on are not comfortable anymore using their email that they are going to be affected by this. And seemingly that the deadline for this, the billing system, it will go entirely online from Monday, February 20th, which is next Monday. 
and opting instead to charge customers €71.88 a year then if they want to go ahead and get their bill via the letterbox. But a clarification came from Air yesterday evening when, when we were on to them. Uh, those customers who do want to go and receive paper bills, yes, you will be charged at €5.99 a month. But there are exceptions and one of those exceptions, they say, are for age-friendly customers over the age of 65 uh, and those customers also with accessibility issues, they can continue to avail of paper billing free of charge. So what the charge is coming in, if you are over 65 or indeed have any accessibility issues, you won't be charged at 599. So hopefully that clears that up for those who uh, were in contact with us yesterday afternoon and evening. Uh, lines open 0818 103 103. You can text or WhatsApp 0862103103. Now, I did mention regarding dog falling on the increase and we got this email across the week and this is from Rebecca. And Rebecca on her email says that she has only started heading out walking with her baby over four months old so she uses a buggy. Now, she walks first of all near her parents' house which is located near Montanati and Mayfield and now where she lives herself in Formoy. But one thing she notices is dog falling on the footpaths and she says there was so much talk about this a number of years ago and now it's like people don't care or have lost all regard. We can't blame the dogs. The owners must take control. So what can be done? I was walking earlier this week and while I was watching every step as much as I could on Monday I had walked into dog dirt and destroyed my trainers. And then on Wednesday, the buggy had rolled on dog dirt. Now, this needs to be tackled. Apart from illness, it may impose on a child or indeed an adult. It's just pure ignorance for people to continue to do this. While the majority of dog walkers I see carry a poop bag, some must not or else are letting their dogs roam around the streets alone. Thank you for highlighting this, Rebecca, on email to Cork Today at c103.ie and have you noticed that in where you are living are the dog following incidents increasing are people letting down their guard again there was so much talk about this towards the latter part of last year but according to Rebecca she says people are just getting relaxed again about the whole issue well it is something that has been raised in Formoy and she does mention Formoy there where she is living now and we're going to speak with the Toddy Towns in Formoy next is Cork Today on C103. Email Patricia now with your story or comment. Cork Today at C103.ie. As we heard from Rebecca before the break, dog fouling again is on the increase. Despite fines and signs erected, people still seem to let their dogs roam around and dirt the streets and parks in various areas across Cork. Uh, Rebecca, who is living in Formoy, emailed us on what she witnessed in Formoy, but also in various areas of the city. Uh, but on Formoy, the report as well was also picked up by the Avenue and chair of for my Toddy Towns is a local councillor Noel McCarthy who joins me this morning good morning to you Noel good morning John Paul all these measures were put in with new signs going up and increased fines but nothing seems to be working when it comes to this it seems to work for a few months but then as Rebecca has said it's like people forget and it gets as bad as ever and she's right. Rebecca's dead right. We we did a, 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 I suppose an educational program working with the dog wardens in Cork County Council, especially our local dog warden Nola McNamara, who's done loads of blitzes, dropping leaflets to houses, um, uh, uh, putting up signs, with, working with us in the tidy towns to educate people. But unfortunately, John Paul Rebecca's right. It has now come to a stage where the town of Formoy in certain areas is 
a no-go area for people walking with their buggies, jogging, out for a nice walk, and all they come across is a lot of dog fouling. And it's, it's upsetting an awful lot of people, John Paul. Oh, yeah, and you can understand why. I could totally can understand. And even yeah, yeah. in her email, and I see texts coming in as well from people who do carry poo bags and are responsible, but they feel others carry the bags and then dump them. So you have an issue where people are doing their bit, but then they're dumping these poo bags on the side of a road or street. So you have this building up then, which you have a rubbish situation, first of all, but then you have poo inside in the bags. And that's it. And that's exactly what's happening. Like, I want to compliment the people that do the right thing, John Paul, because most of dog owners have do take their responsibilities seriously. Even this morning I was out, I saw a man walking his dog, the dog did his business, and straight away the man had his glove, his bag, and cleaned up after that dog. And unfortunately there's a small minority out there that don't seem to take that responsibility seriously. And they want to leave it to someone else to clean up after their dog. And that's totally unacceptable. John Paul, I had one woman ringing me two weeks ago, saying to me that she came out her door and out on the door on the street, and she was faced with a dog poo that was only a fresh dog poo. She said that she disgusted by it, had to get buckets of water and wash it off. And she said she couldn't understand why some dog owner would not clean up after that dog. And that's happening everywhere. And we're so upset about it in the tidy towns. We want to keep our town lovely and clean. And when you see this continually happening. And we do loads of advertising on it. it there was one particular area in the pike where we had a, a, a big problem on the pike road. It's a lovely walk for people to use. We did a load of signage. We did a loads of uh, leafless drops in the area. And it did clean up a couple of years ago. But unfortunately, like Rebecca said, they're back to the old habits again. And it's how we find a solution for that, John Paul, is our problem. And you mentioned time. there, is it a dog warden? Was the man you mentioned who was trying to enforce this or control this? Yes, we had Nona McNamara, our local dog warden, yeah. that, that comes down. She's brilliant. She brings a team down from County Hall. She's done it in villages as well, John Paul. She's done it all. Like, this is not just a problem in Fomoy. I said there'd be other people ringing about their village. I know Connor had a problem. I know it was out in Kilworth and other areas. Yeah, and we're getting them known from all over yeah. the, the, the city and, and county. But the one thing with this, and we did research into this before, yeah. and how many dog wardens were in Cork and other areas, and we don't have enough of them. So this is why incidents like this are happening. But also, uh, they were telling us they had to you know, catch basically the dog in the act, which really isn't going to work if the dog warden can't be everywhere and can't be watching every dog. So there is a problem with regards to catching uh, people who, who misbehave and, and leave their dogs do their business. But also, uh, regarding the poo bags, extra bins, is that the answer to solve it some bit because fines aren't working and education doesn't seem to be working either. Yeah, business is definitely a problem but again John Paul I want to make the point and I think you'll understand and I hope the listeners understand. I remember we did this, we emptied the bins, it's not a nice job. So you're asking people, we are very lucky in the council here, we have a dedicated team that I think one person in particular that we have about six red bins, especially for dog fouling and they empty them on a regular basis. And you can imagine that's not a nice job, John Paul. So, like, it, it is trying to say to people, we get more bins, but it's trying to get the people to empty them and do that job is our next problem. So, now, you can put the dog phone bin into the only bins, and for my as well, I say that you can do it anywhere, and, and the council will do that. But still, I think we can put in the bins, but we still have this minority out there that won't take the responsibility either 
cleaning up after the dog or even going to the bother of throwing that bag into a bin rather than throw it, like you said, they're throwing it in the ditches, where they're throwing it um, anywhere they can, but or rather just to get rid of it. And it's not fair to people who live there or we're talking about um, St. Coma's Walk, which is a fantastic amenity in the town. And I, I want to compliment everyone involved in that. But when you're walking that but I and Paul Cavanagh this morning walked that just to see again firsthand what was, the, and it was terrible to see that people are walking around and throwing their dog floating bags. Yeah, you mentioned and, and Paul Cavanagh there. Actually, he just rung the programme and he joins us online too from from my Toddy Towns also. Good morning to you, Paul. Good morning, JP. And this initiative you carried out last year, which did go to help so far, this was doggy bag holders to encourage yes. people to carry poo bags. And that did make a difference. It did make a difference. We, d- we, we did it on St. Patrick's Day last year, and we intend doing it again this year on St. Patrick's Day. Uh, and we're also going to do a leaflet drive uh, by going out on the walks and meeting the dog walkers themselves giving them a leaflet and giving them uh, one of the doggy holders with, with, the, with the bags inside it to try and encourage them uh, to use them. And then the most important thing, and I don't want to duplicate anything Noel said, but the most important thing is they tie the bag. A lot of them are left open, loose, uh, and then just thrown. Uh, and then that's an awful mess to clean up. Uh, so put any bin will do. That's, my, that's going to be the team on the leaflet. Any bin will do. Uh, Joseph and the Amazing Colour Dreamcoat, any bin will do. Toy the bag and put it in any bin. And yes, we need more bins, so that's always my appeal to the councillors is for more bins. We have our own voluntary bins in Formoy, which will be going out now again in the next few weeks. They usually go out the 1st of March for the walking. Now, we've had a very good week this week, and maybe that's why things got out of hand. But... Uh, to go, go back on St. Coleman's Park. That is private. That's belongs to St. Coleman's. And we will be meeting the principal next week to have a discussion with him again uh, and uh, discuss various ideas as to how we can eradicate this. But the picture that appeared in the Avenue, uh, John Paul, the picture that appeared is disgraceful. And there is no excuse for it, right? It's bags. It's poo bags. I took the photograph myself, as Noel said. We were out early this morning just to have a look at it. And it... It's people just putting them there as if it is a dumping ground, and it's not. Yeah, and they're throwing down on a side of a footpath, as you mentioned, along with black bags, and it just makes the area look unsightly. Uh, But on this, Paul, and like other toddy towns across uh, the county, and indeed across the city and across the whole of Ireland, would you feel, according to Rebecca in her email, she says this is just pure ignorance for people to do this. We can't blame the dogs. Would you agree with her that those that, that carry out this and let their dogs foul are just not thinking straight at all? Well, they're the worst. They're absolutely the worst. It's pure ignorance by the dog owners, a minority, a small minority Mm. of dog owners, pure ignorance to let the dog do it and not clean up. But then the second group are the group who clean up and then just throw it in a ditch or throw it into a a, a waste area thinking, oh, I've done my bit. You haven't done your bit. You're actually, if, if I said to Noel this morning, would you expect me to go in there now and clean all that up? I'd say we'd need a digger, to be honest with you. It's a health hazard. It's completely unacceptable. And Noel, every time we discuss this, a lot of people will be in contact with us and they will say, 
why not bring in dog DNA testing? And this was something that was being looked at, being introduced anyhow with Leitrim County Council. And there was talks of it being carried out and rolled out across all various local authorities across Ireland. Any update on this, Noel? And can we move forward to linking DNA to the owner whereby if the dog dirt is found, it can be traced back to the either microchip of the dog or else directly to the owner? Yes, John Paul, and that's the most important thing. Yes, I remember one of my colleagues in the council, former councillor and TD, Kevin O'Keefe, bringing this up about 10 years ago. And we, we at the time, we said, geez, that would never work. But now, seeing, in hindsight, seeing that, when he said that, it's the only way going forward. Because the, my, the dogs need to be microchipped. We need to do a DNA sample and name and shame these people, John Paul, because they're not taking it seriously. And it's not fair to the people of the town, as I say, in different walk, uh, different ways of life, walking, jogging, out for a walk with your children, their buggy, and to be upset over dog folding is, is totally unacceptable. We do need it. I will be bringing it up at our meeting next Tuesday again with my colleagues at the municipal meeting. And we've been brought this up in numerous occasions. Yeah, it's been brought up before, Noel, yeah. but was there any yeah. interaction between Cork County Council and Leitrim County Council on this? There was some, uh, uh, one of our meetings there was, and we need to get an update on that now going forward to copy what they're doing. And I think this should be rolled out countrywide and, and we should be all taking an example of that because we need to act now because what we're doing at the moment isn't working. And it's, as I say, it's totally, I will raise it again next Tuesday, John Paul. Okay, do and let us know what, what the outcome but, is and I indeed will. if there is any update with regards to that being implemented here in Cork. As, as far as we're aware, Leeds from now we're ploughing ahead with that and I presume in some way it's working. For the moment, we'll leave it there. Uh, thanks to Paul Kavanagh from, from Italy Towns for joining us and also the Chair, Noel McCarthy, this morning. Thanks to you both. Thank you, John Paul. Take care. Um, your views are welcome on that. It's an issue not only in Formoy and areas of the city where we've got calls and emails from, but everywhere across Cork. Your views are welcome. You can text or indeed you can WhatsApp to 0862103103 or always call Bernie 0818103103. But a mixed response over the last 24 hours uh, to the funding announcements for major road projects in Cork. And one of those is the Northern Ring Road as we know it. Uh, whereby it looks it's going to be delayed uh, further due to the lack of funding for that area of Cork. Uh, we'll discuss that next. There's been a mixed response to the funding announcements for ra- major road projects across Cork. Uh, while some welcome uh, the funding for certain roads, one in particular that we have got a lot of calls and emails about over the last 24 hours is the Cork City Northern Transport Project, which is better known to many as the Northern Ring Road. And Deputy Lord Mayor of Cork, Councillor Damien Boylan joins me on this. Good morning to you, Damien. Good morning, how are you? I'm fine and thanks for joining us. I mean, this road, first of all, it's a vital piece of infrastructure for this area of Cork because communities, and you'll be well aware of, uh, Kerry Pike and Clahine and Tower, they've been campaigning for this for a long time. Clahine have been campaigning for calming measures to do with speeding and they've got that to some extent due to the increasing traffic volume through their area. So with the funding which has been allocated, which is €100,000, it's not going to do a lot for this road and this route while it's it's not going to be scrapped it still won't go ahead as soon as we would like it to go ahead Look that road project had 650,000 euros last year and we presumed that that was the start of something big Now during the week I got um, I got a telephone call from a contact who said look he said Damien that road is going to be pulled Um, 
And I I checked about and I found another couple of people who had heard the same rumour. So I put it out there as quickly as I could on social media just to get see what the reaction was. I wanted to I wanted to see what number one the public's reaction would be, but number two what the political reaction would be. And I don't know, John Paul, but maybe maybe the hundred grand was just. Uh, we'll throw it a lifeline. We we'll starve it of oxygen. We won't kill it straight away. But you know, we'll give it just enough so that we've got an office there with somebody who can answer a phone and say, "Hello, you've reached the Cork City Northern Transport Project Office. How can I divert your call?" Like this is this piece of infrastructure is vital, vital. CMAT as part of CMAT, the Metropolitan Area Transport Strategy. This has been earmarked as one of those projects that is vital to Clahine Kerry Pike to everybody coming from from the Limerick side of Cork to get across to the west side of the city. You look at, for instance, Mayfield and the inner parts of the city that are choked with heavy traffic. That traffic was all supposed to be taken away by this project. It simply isn't good enough. And you mentioned Mayfield there and that is one thing that people were asking about when they heard the name and we were mentioning areas such as Kerry Pike. This would also alleviate the North Ring which really at peak traffic times cannot handle the traffic volumes anymore. I have texts here from people who say they're outside the, not now, but at rush hour, they're outside the Apple Green uh, petrol station in Ballyvillan while queuing to go on to the rest of the North Ring. So traffic can be backed up, not all the time, but sometimes from Mayfield to Ballyvillan. I mean, that's not really acceptable. People are, are sitting in traffic. And if you look at the carbon emissions then from cars, which could be sitting there for nearly an hour. Air quality in that area during these peak times is incredibly low. It's at dangerous levels. There's no two ways about it. Um, you're talking about NOx. You're talking about carbon monoxide. You're talking about everything that spews out of a diesel truck and a diesel um, diesel car. It isn't good enough. It simply isn't. Um, the, I, I, look, this minister doesn't like roads. We understand that. But we have to shift the traffic away. We've got to get it to a situation where traffic is... is you know, it's flowing all the time and getting where it needs to be and it's not stopped. Sitting in front of people's houses, in front of people's businesses, spewing noxious fumes into their faces. Yeah, and a lot of people, why they would love to use public transport, there is no alternative and that's why roads like this are needed. But they're also needed because you have trucks going along to either Ring of Skiddy or to East Cork or to currently what is still there, the Tivoli Dock. So those trucks do need to go through those areas. Not their fault. They have no other choice but to drive through areas like Kerry Pike, like Laheen, like Mayfield or Ballyvalan. And with the changes you mentioned there then on the wider Cork metropolitan area transport strategy that this road was supposed to be part of and we have seen city streets like Corbrick Street has been worked on at the moment yeah. uh, changes on McCurtain Street to come down the line St. Patrick Key yeah. has been changed you're pushing traffic out but where, where is the traffic going to if there's no new road it's just going to be ending up in the suburbs and building up there and it's going to be the residents who are losing out Correct I, I, Look the Minister doesn't care Again I repeat what I said earlier he doesn't like roads but he doesn't have another option either You know he, ha- he hasn't he did the same in Galway um, as soon as the Galway bypass was announced, he wanted to put the kibosh on that. Um, I understand. We have got to decarbonise. I understand that there are too many cars and we're doing too many journeys. But it's chicken and egg. And everything with this minister is stick. There's no carrot. I, I have no idea what he's trying to punish people for. 
Nobody had choices 10 years ago or 20 years ago but to drive diesel cars and, and uh, petrol cars. So now, we have to offer people options. So public transport has to get better so we can take people out of their cars. Uh, in fact, two or three weeks ago there at a meeting, uh, Councillor Ted Tynan came up with a good idea where he said we should offer free city centre buses. Just get rid of the charge altogether and encourage people out of their cars. And that's fine. But, but also we need the places where people can park their cars so that they can use the buses. So the um, park and ride, where are the park and rides we were promised? Where's the Blarney Railway Station? Where are all these things? I know this. Ah, it's just unacceptable. And Damien, I mean, you can hear the frustration in your voice. Would you really think at this stage that there is an unfair divide in some parts of Cork? I mean, many people are obviously pointing out there is an unfair divide between the north side and the south side when you look at the south ring road and the Ballincollig bypass and other areas. And then you have the north ring and people travelling from Limerick. Or one example from John, who travels every day from Mallow uh, to his workplace in Little Island, uh, who have to go through these roads and they feel it's just not able to cope with the traffic. There's a lack of balance when it comes to funding in Cork, isn't there? There is. And you know what? I hate buying into that. And I, I, I hate extolling that. And I hate telling people that, you know, there's a north side, south side divide. But there is. There quite obviously is. I, I, and this shows it. And, you know, we're one of the few cities in the world that doesn't have a ring road to keep our city centre free of traffic. They want to free up the city centre, but they're offering no alternative. It's not fair on people. And you're a Fine Gael councillor, Damien, so Fine Gael are in government with the Greens. When you relay this back to TDs from the area and then it goes and it's brought up, I presume, at meetings within Leinster House, what is the response? Because many will say, you know, you're, you're not happy, but yet Fine Gael are in power. Yeah, look, and that's, that's a fair point. Fine Gael are in power, but we're not in power in this particular directorate. I mean, we're not the Minister for Transport. And the Minister for Transport, as everybody knows, he has his own mind. And I'd say this man's mind is not for changing. Um, so, look, I've, I've lobbied RTDs and I've asked RTDs to, um, to put pressure on the Minister to come up with more than 100 grand. I mean, you wouldn't run a scout troop for a couple of years with 100 grand. I don't know how you're supposed to do a multi-million euro uh, ring road project with 100 grand. It's a cod. Okay, well, you mentioned there regarding uh, Eamon Ryan, the Transport Minister, and even though Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil and the Greens are in government, it is a Green Party representative in that portfolio. Uh, and while you said earlier that you put up this post on social media to give, you know, to find out what was uh, the reaction on the ground, maybe if when you are going back to those TDs and they are bringing it back up the Leinster House, here's just some of the reaction, Damien, we've got over the last number of minutes while you've been on. And indeed, uh, earlier on this morning when I mentioned we were discussing this, first of all, Cullum on WhatsApp says, Hi JP, Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil politicians will have a hard time getting re-elected at the next election if they don't stand up to Eamon Ryan. He can spend whatever he wants on greenways, bus lanes and cycleways while preventing desperately needed road projects from going ahead, says Cullum on WhatsApp. And then Pamela, who lives in Meadow Park Lawn in Ballyvalan, she says, It is impossible to get around our neighbourhood at the moment with huge trucks travelling. Not their fault, but in 2023, residents 
residents here should not have to deal with this. Eddie is in Dillon's Cross. He feels again uh, the north side is forgotten about. Look at the south side. Look at the investment there. The population may be higher, but he feels it's unfair. And here's a businessman then who is looking at it from a, a different view. Derek says it's embarrassing for him bringing people to Cork for a board meeting as many have to travel the North Ring to Little Island. Derek says one of their staff is based in Limerick and when he came to Cork the last time in a meeting whereby there was international partners at this meeting in Little Island, he said it was like going back in time to the 70s when he had to drive from Limerick to Cork comparing the infrastructure to Limerick and Derek is worried because they have a Limerick office that uh, certain items could be moved from Cork from his business to Limerick because they can get around faster. And when it comes to international transport, they have Shannon Airport. So, you know, that's a, a different side of it. And very finally, Margaret is in Mayfield and she says, here we go again. Politicians jumping up and down about investment and roads, but we are forgotten about. Every day I have to queue to get out of my housing estate. I then have to go on a road full of Arctic trucks driving through areas with people crossing roads. People have been killed in Mayfield over traffic volumes. It's not the truck drivers or motorists' faults. They have no other option. We see how McCroom had to fight for over 30 years for their bypass. How long will the north side have to fight for basic infrastructure? And that's just a sample, uh, Damien, of what we're getting this morning. Oh yeah, I feel people's frustration. I've that frustration myself. Absolutely. Um, no, I don't know what to say to these people. Other than the fact that I know I'll fight, um, and that there are other councillors out there, both uh, you know people within Fine Gael and, and other councillors in, in other parties and independents will fight for this on people's behalf. It isn't good enough. Yeah. yeah, and I think yeah, you're right, it isn't good enough. But on, on those comments alone and, and others you have received yourself, maybe if they were taken back again and just outline the frustration that is there because people are very frustrated. Anyhow, we'll have to wait and see what happens in the future. For the moment, Damien, we'll, uh, I'm sure, discuss this again. Thank you, John Paul. Thanks for joining us this morning. That is the Deputy Lord Mayor of Cork, Councillor Damien Boyle. And your views are welcome. 0818103103. Text or WhatsApp 0862103103. Cork today until 1JP with you. Bernie taking your calls and comments on 0818103103. Or you can text or indeed WhatsApp to 0862103103. On the way, we're going to hear how a protest was held outside Linster House this week. But this was to highlight the destruction of hedgerows across the country. Many feel uh, that this is changing the landscape but not for the good. Uh, We'll hear from that group later and also how we're going to have our first dog festival here in Cork. It's going to be called Pups in the Park. Uh, So that and more to come. And of course after 12.30 Mark is along reviewing movies uh, that you may want to delve into across the weekend and your calls and comments also are welcome. And we were discussing just before 11 uh, that mixed response coming in regarding road funding. While some are welcoming the funding that is coming Cork's way for various road projects, there is a lot of people who are disappointed that more money was not given to roads that are really needed in the Cork area. And this is what we know as the Northern Ring Road, uh, officially now known as the Cork City Northern Transport Project. But uh, this roadway 
Uh, even though that is its official title, the ring road across the city's north side, going through Kerry Pike, going through areas like Tower and Clahean. Uh, communities very disappointed and uh, underwhelmed, not happy this morning. You would have heard some of those comments that we read to the councillor when we spoke to him. That is the Lord Mayor as well, of course, the Deputy Lord Mayor, of course, Councillor Damien Boylan, when we spoke with him just before 11 o'clock. Just some more on that. And first of all, this on WhatsApp, who says, Fair play to Damien for calling it out as it is. The truth is the truth. And this north-south divide is well embedded in our county, going back not years, but dare I say centuries to a time when we were governed by the UK. So a lot of catching up to do. It is difficult to catch up on so much neglect, but if a ring road and a proper road for today's needs are not constructed from Cork, to the second city. So this is going from the number two city, Cork, to Limerick. And then you're going from Limerick to the rest of the country. Well, we will be in rush hour traffic forever and fumes included. And if the circle of Cork City is not complete and a modern road to Limerick isn't provided, then the north side are kept in a second class citizen position. And when it comes to driving and accessing properly walkways and the north side of the city and the right to go to Limerick, well, then are we going to be left with those choke points such as Buttevant and Charnival and the residents there and indeed the road users will be left behind and risking their respiratory health uh, says this person on WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. You can text on the same number or call Bernie on 0818 103 103. Interesting. When we were discussing that with uh, Damien Boylan, the Deputy Lord Mayor of Cork, the air quality in those areas I mentioned is lower and not acceptable, but still uh, no plans for a road network. And when you see what is changing in the city centre, it's pushing traffic to those areas. But also, as that person there on WhatsApp rightly said, you know, yeah, in 2023, we should have connectivity to Limerick and Cork and people should be able to drive around uh, the north side of our city and to those newer communities that are seeing population growth without being stuck in traffic for over an hour every evening. So a lot of people upset by that. And why do people do welcome the announcements that have gone for other areas of Cork. Uh, there is a lot of discontent uh, for the North Ring and indeed those communities in and around Blarney. Your views are welcome on that. And we also discussed earlier regarding dog dirt. And this came from an email from Rebecca uh, who was walking in various areas of Cork City and County, but she lives in Formoy and she outlines uh, her uh, situation in Formoy where by dog dirt got on her trainers and also then uh, two days later on the buggy uh, that she had for her newborn baby. So she was highlighting the difficulties she's struggling with when it comes to dog dirt and just wanted to see if others were in a similar situation and it was a, uh, something that was covered as well during the week by the local Levin Do newspaper in that region and a lot of calls and comments on this. Uh, we spoke earlier with Councillor Noel McCarthy who's chair of From Oi Toddy Towns also from Paul Kavanagh who was involved with uh, the Toddy Towns in From Oi joining us on the comment line and uh, on this says I always pick up poo from my dogs and I find it embarrassing when I pass other dogs poo I feel that 
the people walking behind me may think it's my dog's poo and I find it's more men than women and says that don't pick up their dog's poo and when I do offer a poo bag to someone they get very annoyed with me says Anne while John is in Buttevant he says that the dog or litter warden should come to Buttevant he was walking his dog yesterday and there is glass broken all over the footpaths and he reckons it's either from people who were just out drinking or else people who are buying glass bottles and just dumping them on the street. Anyhow, the dogs could be seriously harmed by broken glass, says John in Buttevant, while Breda is in Mallow and she's listening or was listening to that chat regarding the dog falling. Uh, but yesterday she walked on the new boardwalk in Mallow. She says it's covered in poo. Also along the park road, someone had trodden on it and it spread along. It was disgusting trying to avoid it, says Breda. Uh, someone else asking about why no doggy bins in St. Coleman's Park in Fermoy. And that is something that was addressed by Norm McCarthy, who feels the, the, they are putting in for those bins. But also Paul Kavanagh making the point that their campaign is going to be any bin will do. Uh, so, you know, if there's a different bin there, I suppose they'd rather be uh, the poo bag in a bin than thrown on the side of a footpath or indeed uh, thrown into a ditch. So that would uh, hopefully answer that question. But they are campaigning for more of those doggy bins in that area of Fermoy. And Jason in Skibbereen says it's a problem here as well. Many side streets, as Jason calls them, are covered in dog dirt, while Emily in Bandon uh, feels the situation has improved. We had a situation two years ago where South Main Street and McSweeney Quay was covered in dog dirt but I feel over the last six months things have slightly improved in Bandon Town and I also want to thank the Tuddy Towns in Bandon who do tremendous work keeping the place clean and looking well but Tuddy Towns Group should not have to deal with dog dirt it's an insult to them to think that they have to look and deal with that situation says Emily in Bandon on text to 086 2103103. You can WhatsApp on the same number or call Bernie on 0818103103. And when we were mentioning there about the roads and the road infrastructure, and the councillor Damien Boylan did speak about Eamon Ryan, a lot of people are questioning his trip now to China. A lot of calls and comments in on that. And I'll get to those later in the programme. And that, of course, is to do with carbon emissions uh, on his uh, flight to China, isn't it? he's going to uh, and Hong Kong and other areas for St. Patrick's Day. I'll get to those comments shortly. Uh, but while we're talking about roads and we're talking about flights and we're talking about dog dirt, something else that was carried out survey-wise this week. Who remembers this? Does that bring a bit of nostalgia back to you? If you were growing up in the 80s and 90s in Ireland and you were watching children's TV, you more than likely came across Bosco. There was mugs of him or her. There was puppets. And we actually spoke to Bosco, I think it was about three years ago on this show. Uh, but what are your ultimate favourite TV shows from Children's TV. Well, this is Sky Kids have done this survey. Now, it's a UK-based survey, so they're looking at shows like Sooty and the Sweep, and this was 
uh, he had a very uh, high raised voice if I remember this one also Wallace and Gromish Thomas the Tank Engine uh, Winnie the Pooh was there Paddington Bear they're all the top 10 that people remember but out of our childhood here in Ireland what would be your favourite Irish children's TV shows over the last number of years. Let us know. There's a lot of new shows out on TG Carter now that are produced here in Ireland. Are we lacking some of the other ones in the other channels? Not too sure, but I know the likes of Coco Melon are huge now and Peppa Pig. But from an Irish point of view, what is your favourite over the years? Let us know. We'll bring you those later in the show. You can text or indeed WhatsApp to 0862-103-103. And the Premier League Live is back on C103.ie with Trevor Welch. It's back tomorrow from midday, powered by Talk Sport. We'll bring you live coverage of Aston Villa and Arsenal at 12.30. Nottingham Forest and Man City at 3. And Newcastle United is taking on Liverpool at 5.30. The Premier League Live online with Harvey Norman, your host of the big screen. Listen tomorrow on the C103 app or go to c103.ie. C103's Summer Getaway. I still must play the sunshine song of the day because, as you know, we are giving you the chance to win three amazing holidays to Salou, Lanzarote or Mallorca with C103's Summer Getaway. So... This week, and indeed this afternoon, Nick Richards could be sending you and a friend to Salou. If you qualify this week, stand by your phone this afternoon. You could be receiving a call from Nick and enjoying seven nights in the H10 Vintage Hotel from May 30th. You've got to, though, listen out for our sunshine song, which is this one. I'm going to play it between now and one when I do text or WhatsApp in for your chance to win and you could win your way to Salud this afternoon with C103 Summer Getaway. It's running across next week and the week after as well but this afternoon someone in Cork will be winning their way to Salud. A caring and experienced childminder is wanted to care for a 13-month-old boy in the family home in Bantir, or indeed in the childminder's home. You'll have to be guarded vetted and references will be required. Phone Lorna on 086-395-3983 for further details. A labourer is wanted for building work in the Mitchellstown and Formoy area. No experience is necessary. You can call, text or WhatsApp to 086-878-6607. And a person is wanted to fit blinds in the Dumanway area. Contact 086-8756-867 for further details. And you'll find all these jobs and more opportunities. They're online right now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today on C103. Email Patricia now with your story or comment. Cork Today at C103.ie. And we've got a huge reaction to when we spoke about kids TV and what do you remember when you were growing up and we were discussing some of the big shows today and some of those that were mentioned from that UK survey from Sky Kids. Uh, we'll get to more of your comments on that. But just an example, Chris is in Tool and he says the little rascals and the famous five, they were brilliant. But also someone else on WhatsApp saying, John Paul, I would love if 
RTE would pull from the archives Wanderly Wagon. I loved watching it when I was growing up. I think children today would also love it. Uh, thank you for your WhatsApps and texts on your favourite TV shows. Uh, maybe not all the Irish ones, but the Irish ones if you can, but maybe the ones you'd watched on Irish TV and they could have been produced in America or Australia or even the UK. But uh, whatever you remember, let us know and we'll continue with those later in the programme. Bush. A protest was held this week uh, to highlight the destruction of hedgerows across the country. Now, Alan Moore from Hedgerows Ireland joins me on this. Good morning to you, Alan. Good morning and thanks for having me on. And thanks for joining us. And we received calls last month from people who saw what I mentioned happening in fields next to where, live, where they live. And they were asking us, first of all, was this allowed? And, you know, we digged into it more and we realised it was a landowner, not a farmer, who was removing the hedgerows. And I think currently, if I'm right, Alan, I believe half a kilometre of hedgerows, this can be removed or destroyed without any assessment or any permission. Yeah, you've gone to the heart of the problem there because at the moment the regulations that are run by the Department of Agriculture are completely out of touch with all that we know about the amazing values of our remaining hedgerows. And yes, it is quite legal to take out up to half a kilometre of hedgerow without any environmental assessment whatsoever. And unfortunately, this regulation is facilitating and enabling a small minority, typically of investment style, of landowners who are buying up large tracts of land and uh, turning them into one field. We have a kind of phenomenon that we see, and a lot of people uh, contact our Hedgerows Island group with very distressing stories of exactly that problem. They, they see often lands changing hands, an old farm is sold, and uh, as soon as the new landowner uh, has, has uh, the deeds, the, the high-mark figures are in, all the internal hedgerows are, are gone with their ditches, and you know you have one big field or maybe two, of even up to 100 acres, which is an extraordinary um, size of, of uh, fields. And it really is a very short-term approach to looking after our land. We're having huge support from farmers up and down the country for our campaign. This is a uh, not an anti-farmer campaign. It, it's an anti-destruction of hedgerows by a small minority of, of landowners. Yeah, because at your protest, Alan, there was people from all walks of life attended, such as people in the fishing industry, uh, farmers, as you mentioned, many of them frustrated that the landscape is being destroyed. And, you know, calls we got ourselves when we found out who was responsible, it wasn't farmers, because many farmers say they need hedgerows or ditches to keep the water or keep the fields uh, dry in certain areas and not have running water going onto roads. So it, it is, a lot of it seems to be, can be, not all the time, but can be for either commercial use or change in the use of the field. Yeah, and that, that's exactly right. Uh, because, as you say, um, our protest attracted support from an extraordinarily wide range of interest groups, including farmers. But we had uh, fishermen who recognised the role that hedgerows play in protecting waterways because, as, as you mentioned, you know, soil runoff from huge fields is, is a really big issue, particularly with increasing severe weather events with, uh, you know, with, with Flash flooding. Um, I mean, hedgerows do so much for us. And, and the, the big ticket that's coming down the line is carbon farming. And hedgerows uh, store massive amounts of carbon. And the, the, the payments for uh, carbon are being uh, drawn up at the moment and will soon pay individual landowners a, a certain amount of money, depending on the amount of carbon stored. And hedgerows store a hell of a lot of it. They also, you've mentioned that. Uh, 
you know, some of the other things that they do, they look great. They um, contain our wildlife. We don't have woodlands in this country to compared to other European countries. What we do have is a rich network of hedgerow corridors. They contain most of our songbirds. Um, two-thirds of them feed or nest or do both in hedgerows. And many of them are on the red or the amber list. Pollinators uh, use them. We need pollinators for our soft fruits and apples. You know, I mean, this is stuff that everybody knows. And what we're saying is that the Department of Agriculture is simply out of touch with reality. And an interesting point is that many of the people that we've talked to privately, who we know working within the department and in other... Uh... It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Provisions of policymaking agree with us that this crazy rule that we referred to needs to change. But we asked, we're now asking the minister to act on this. We met with Charlie McConlod, actually, and he, he was, you know, uh, prepared to come up and, and meet us, which was to his credit, and he acknowledged our concerns and he promised to do something. But we know we have to pile the pressure on because there are lobby groups who are interested in a more agricultural, uh, in, in a more industrial style of agriculture, who are, are pressing to, you know, to have this rule retained. So we're not, um, we, you know, we're not across the line yet. This battle will go on until we get to the rule change. And you mentioned there about the songbirds living in a lot of these hedgerows and uh, benefits to biodiversity. And when we look at biodiversity, so much spoken about it in the last two or three years, but we have areas of our cities that are being turned into parklets and, you know, they're setting mini hedgerows, if you like. But then in the rural side of things, in, in the areas where it's an, a natural habitat for birds, they're being removed. So what would you like to see to be uh, enforced with this? Because I know... There was, back in 2009, I think, uh, a cross-compliance brought in. It was under the Good Agricultural and Environmental Condition. And it was in point seven on that, where uh, basically yep. hedgerows cannot be removed, to put it plain and simple. And they were going to stop this from happening. But it hasn't really 
taken into maybe either being taken into account or being enforced because while they say in this the retention of landscape features that you know there should be a minimum level of disruption and a, a minimum level of maintenance on hedgerows inland yeah. looking at what you're hearing it's not really being enforced or it's certainly not happening anyway well, you've touched on an, another really big thing. There's, there is this thing called conditionality. You mentioned it, whereby if you do remove a hedgerow, you're supposed to pre-plant an equivalent amount. But only about 1% of farms are, are um, audited for that. So we really don't know if that's happening. And the, the new cap, you may be aware, has uh, it, you know got a, a rule that you're supposed to pre-plant twice the amount that you take out. But the problem, again, is the oversight. But more than that, a new hedge will take a generation to provide the same services that the old hedge that's been taken out does. So it makes no sense to, uh, you know, to say, and the department will say this, this oh, no, you've got to pre-plant um, a new hedge and, and you know, everything is rosy. It simply isn't. A new hedge is not the same, and it doesn't include a ditch. One of the things that you mentioned is the water runoff. The old hedges that have been taken out are invariably accompanied by a deep ditch, and this is a way of preventing flooding. The new replacement hedges tend to be planted. They're a single species of usually hawthorn, which is fantastic, but it doesn't have all the multi-species that do all the wonderful services, and it doesn't have a ditch. So it's not like for like, and, and you know, we're, we're, we're simply fed up with the, given this line that the new cap is, uh, you know, very ambitious and environmentally friendly. Unfortunately, it's not. It needs to be revised. And that was our second demand of the minister. One, scrap that 500 meter rule. Two, improve the payments for good hedgerows, bigger, wider, taller hedgerows that trap lots of carbon and are nature friendly. And if landowners are paid appropriately, they will respond. And, and you know, it, it is a question of um, economics. We realize some fields are too small. We, you know, we, we absolutely understand that, and some rationalisation is needed. But as we mentioned earlier, it's it's the big boys who are coming in and in an investment style of farming who are doing the damage, and that's where our aim is not not against the ordinary farmers, many of whom are our members and who agree absolutely with us. Yeah, it's the bigger commercial sectors really that are, that are changing things up in various areas. For the moment, Anne, and we'll leave it there and I'm sure we'll hear more over the next few months on what comes out of this. But thanks for joining us this morning on the programme. HedgerosIreland.org is our website. Please visit us. Indeed, HedgerosIreland.org if people want more information. Thank you very much. For Thank you, me. Alan. That is Alan Moore there uh, from Hedgerows, Ireland. And your views are welcome on that. And just on about removing of hedgerows, uh, someone on WhatsApp here is saying uh, that at one stage, did the farmer or did the government not give grants to farmers uh, to get rid of ditches and hedgerows? Now they will pay for them to put them back. Uh, they have the fields destroyed in a lots of places, hence no place for wildlife. Is it again a case of brainless at the top, says that person on WhatsApp or indeed text to 86 and we spoke about dogs earlier in the show with regards to dog dirt. Well, something more positive about dogs because there's a festival for dogs and it's coming to Cork soon. Cork today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 0818103103. And remember, we still must play C103's Sunshine Song. You could win your way to Salou because Nick Richards is giving you the chance to win that holiday this afternoon. So listen out for this. 
I'll be playing it before one o'clock but Ireland's ultimate dog festival Pups in the Park is coming to Cork for the first time and Nina Massey is marketing manager for Pups in the Park and she joins me this morning Good morning to you Nina Hi John, thanks so much for having me on. And thanks for joining us. Now, big attractions for the festival this year. The first one to come to Cork, so a lot of excitement. We have a lot of dog lovers here in Cork. And it's going to be held, first of all, in the showgrounds in Corraheen, isn't it? Yes, indeed. It's our first time coming to Cork. Um, We're very excited about it. It's actually our first time venturing outside of Dublin with the event. Um, So we only had the first two events in 2022. Um, So we're going to... Yeah, the Cork Showgrounds in Bishoptown, which we're very excited about. It's obviously a very well-known venue. We're delighted to be able to bring it down there. And there's going to be unique attractions uh, at this. If people have been to the one over the last few years in Dublin, they may be aware. But for those who haven't, I mean, one of those is Dancing for Dogs. Just tell me about this. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a multitude of activities across the weekend. Um, Our leader main arena is really the hive of action-packed expert demonstrations so as part of that um a lady called Anne Shuker is joining us from the UK with her three dogs they've been cruft finalists um multiple times and they choreograph heel work to music um performances so they'll be demonstrating them across the weekend in court which is really exciting it's something that's super unique but a whole lot of fun uh, there's costumes and the music is obviously a key part of that so lots of fun yeah, and fun is the main thing there. As you mentioned, Crofts, and I mean, a lot of people will be familiar uh, with Crofts also. Vets is something that people like to ask questions at at these events. And you have a lot of well-known vets attending on the day. We do indeed. So the likes of Pete Wedderburn um, is joining us. We have what we call the Chinwag Expert Talk stage. So we host different um, specific panels and talk discussions across the weekend. And it gives people an opportunity to ask questions that they might not get to um, to the actual experts so people like Susie Walsh and Steph Rizzo who are pet behaviourists as well, they'll be joining us um, and again their insights are invaluable for, for pet owners Yeah and it's hard to get to those people so you know it's good that they're there on the day and you get the opportunity to ask them what you can when they're available and we've seen uh, Nina over the last number of years the various accessories for dogs I know I was in a pet store last year it was an event we were doing with the radio station for a new store opening in Blackpool and the amount of various accessories I was taken back I didn't realise there was so much on offer uh, for dogs and you'll have those as well on the day and this could be going I presume from clothes for your dogs to play items and you control them I presume as well. Yeah absolutely so we have over 50 um, pet exhibitors joining us at the event so they have everything from as you've mentioned pet accessories toys, homemade treats snacks, supplements and it's incredible the amount of produce, pet produce that's actually based in Ireland the wide majority of them are based here um, and they're real passion projects for these producers so it's really cool the the different pet products on site and as you said um, you know people can try them ask them what's most suitable to their pet it's very hard to get access to products like that and the people behind them um, you know in a pet shop obviously you can but it makes all the difference to meet these people face to face yeah, true. And did I hear as well there's going to be a doggy restaurant there on the day? Well, we do. We have a lot of 
food vendors for our humans because um, we need to keep the humans' tummies full and in turn happy. <laughs> Very but, important, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, some of our exhibitors do doggy ice creams. So there's many different doggy snacks, whether it's puppuccino, a doggy ice cream, you know, um, they're called scoops. Um, we have little samples. So the dogs will absolutely be going home with full tummies as well. So no one will be hungry leaving the yeah. venue. And if you want to go along, is there a cost on, on, on this? And, and what date again is it taking place in? It's April, isn't it? Yeah, so we'll be in Court Showgrounds on Saturday 29th and Sunday 30th of April. Um, tickets are on sale now on Pups in the Park. And they, we've actually reduced our rates slightly and added an OAP rate as well. So, you know, it's an accessible event for humans and dogs of all ages. Um, so an adult ticket is €14. Euro. We have child tickets. We have a family ticket as well. Children under two go free. And of course, dogs go free. So bring as many or as little dogs as you wish. Obviously, um, bringing a dog isn't a necessity if someone wants to just come along and, and spectate as well. Yeah, and it's great that dogs are free there because they're the essential part to go along. And uh, th- this event, as you mentioned, it was held in Dublin and it's the first year in Cork. I mean, th- what was one of the reasoning to bring it here? And is it the demand you saw from people travelling to Cork? Yeah, absolutely. So we had our first two events, both in Dublin and in April last year in Malahide Castle and then in September in Marley Park. But our plan for Pups in the Park was always to take it nationwide. Um, so Cork was always front of mind and we've seen that now that there's a lot of passionate pet owners there and the tickets are selling very fast for both venues but they're actually we've sold more for Cork now so it's it's kind of cemented our thoughts and research that there's a lot of positive dog owners down there that really want to to bring their pets out for a fun fun day and so we're excited about that. Yeah, and as I mentioned, we have a lot of dog lovers in Cork. I mean, whenever we discuss any animal issues here, uh, some people would say you would get a bigger reaction discussing a harm to an animal than you will harm to a human. So, you know, you can see the interest that there is there uh, with dogs and all animals, really, not only here in Cork, but across the country. I think more so when you look at this, certain uh, countries across the world are, are huge animal lovers. If you look at the UK, is similar, Australia as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Pups in the Park was really born out of, um, it was kind of a post-COVID passion project for our team because, and obviously there's so many new dog owners across the country through COVID, um, lots of people got, you know, canine companion. Uh, But we've seen festivals like this across Australia and the UK and it's something we just wanted to do. It's been a bit of a dream for us and it's such a nice, fun event you know, they're such a big part of our lives, our pets are, so we really want to kind of celebrate them and make it a weekend for them. Well, uh, best of luck uh, with everyone in taking part with Pups for the Park. Again, it's in the uh, Cork Showground venue that is in Curraheen and it's going ahead on Saturday the 29th and Sunday the 30th of April and it's half nine to half five each day. Yes, indeed. Okay, proves to be a good one and uh, best of luck with it, Nina. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks so much, John. Take care. That is Nina Massey there. She is marketing manager for Pups in the Park. The first ever dog festival to come to Corks. If you're heading along there, do enjoy it. Now, a huge reaction to our um, looking at the survey from the UK that is on Kids TV. And we mentioned some of those earlier on. And the survey was really aimed at the UK. And it is 
going through a number of top TV, UK TV shows, all to do with children's TV. And we mentioned Thomas the Tank Engine, Winnie the Pooh, Paddington Bear, Wallace and Gromit. And they were from the UK. So we're asking you, uh, what were the Irish favourites you had while growing up? Your favourite Irish TV shows? And I must say at the moment, even Bernie was saying, in the lead is Wanderley Wagon. I have a number of people uh, mentioning Wanderley Wagon, including uh, Tony Hogan. Good morning to you. And also Sarah on text or WhatsApp 0862103103. Also in there is Echo Island. Who remembers Echo Island? Wasn't Daryl Breen one of the first presenters on that with uh, Bladany Kofik? They were, I think, the first two. And then Derek Mooney uh, came into the fold on that TV series. So Echo Island was huge into the late 90s, into the early noughties. Um, hi to Amanda, who remembers Bully. It was an Irish cartoon. And also we have Forty Coats from Jess who remembers 40 Coats and she says there was something to do with a, a piece of equipment like a mini house flying into the sky. <laughs> who remembers that? Uh, not too sure what era that was on but anyhow 40 Coats if you remember him let us know. And hi to Brian who says Pad Joe's Box on a Saturday morning it brings back great memories hearing the various shows you have been calling out. And another one here and this is from Louise who says who can remember Scratch Saturday? It was on RTE2 on Saturday mornings and it featured a local girl from Inchid Donnie near Clonakilty, Mary Kingston presented that show now and again Scratch Saturday and I do remember uh, Mary Kingston was on TV with a, a number of uh, shows uh, again it would have been the late 90s early noughties The Works I think was one of them uh, it was supposed to be looking at science but then they also kind of did uh, takes uh, and took off people on TV so it was a huge uh, huge show at the time one of the ones you could really say it led into what a lot of people are doing now like Mario and the likes but they were maybe the first to do that uh, but that was on I think it was RT2 that was on anyhow more coming in um, hello great to hear about the famous five does anybody remember the theme tune I asked Bernie that uh, Bernie has mixed views on the theme tune she's not a fan and she said that when they were growing up their house wasn't a fan. Who remembers it? This is the team tune. Not the worst team tune of all, but some people... <laughs> Bernie's no Bernie's saying cut it <laughs> we're cutting it but uh, if you maybe you agree with Bernie you don't like the team tune uh, what do you make of it are the famous five Chris and Carrick Tool is a fan as are other people anyhow your favourite uh, children's TV shows uh, here in Ireland that you would have grown up with there's a few keep those coming to us on text or indeed on WhatsApp to 086 It's a 90s anthem from Ricky Martin it's also C103 Sunshine Song C103's Summer Getaway. And let's head to Mayfield and say hi to Trish Mullery. Hello, Trish. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. How are you keeping? Very good. Now all the rest of the phone call. Well, there we are. You picked out and you realised that we were playing Ricky Martin. So you were our lucky WhatsApper and you were in Mayfield, a place we were actually talking about it earlier on. Yeah, uh, Mayfield. Yeah. The traffic uh, and the situation that the North Ring Road should not be getting an upgrade. Are you one of those people who gets stuck in traffic daily? Daily, doing the school run. Absolutely crazy. 
Yeah, it's it's not very fair when you see other parts of the city free flowing in some areas, and then uh, Mayfield and Ballyvillan getting nothing. But anyhow, we yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Hopefully, though, hopefully from May thirtieth, you could be jetting off to the sun, and you won't have to worry. <laughs> you won't have to worry about smoke fumes or traffic in Mayfield. You'll be enjoying a sipping maybe a cocktail near a beautiful beach somewhere in Salou, and oh, enjoying. Amazing. I know, wouldn't it be seven nights at the H? 10 Vintage Hotel. Would you be available to go on May 30th? No problem. I can go tomorrow. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> okay, we've, if you get this question correct, we will be qualifying you and later this afternoon, Nick Richards could be calling you. But first, here is the question to get right. Here we go. Another name for holiday luggage is A, a pencil case or B, a suitcase? B, a suitcase. Yeah, there we go. You're qualified. Trish Mullery in Mayfield this afternoon from two o'clock. Keep the phone near you because you could be receiving a phone call from Nick Richards. And if you were, you may be heading off to Salou. Uh, who would you bring with you? Um, well, I suppose I'd have to bring the better half. <laughs> and yeah, what's the better half's name? Philip. Philip. So yourself and Philip would jet off uh, to Salou if you're one of our lucky qualifiers uh, this afternoon. Well, the very best of luck to you, Trish. Thank you so much. And have a good day. Thank you. Bye. Mind yourself, take care. Thank that you. is uh, Trish Mullery there in Mayfield, who could be winning her way to Salou. More details this afternoon if you were a qualifier. Uh, stay by your phone. Nick Richards is along from one as we continue. C103 Summer Getaway here at C103. Talk today until one. JP with you and Bernie taking your calls and comments on 0818103103 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103. You can email across the show also or indeed across the weekend if there's something you would like us to raise. Email today at c103.ie We'll be going to the movies and looking at some movies with Mark. He'll be reviewing movies for us after 12.30 but a lot of calls and comments in on the various issues we have been discussing across the show this morning and one of those was to do with roads and a lot of uh, upset and anger it's kind of turning to now from those who live in the northern ring road area and the communities of Kerry Pike of Tower in the Blarney area Clahean and also Ballyvalan Mayfields uh, running right through to Dunkettle who were hoping for some better news when it came to investment in money for roads Uh, but not to be and a lot of those people feel they'll be stuck with Arctic trucks driving through their communities and everybody's pointing out not the fault of the truck drivers that they have no choice uh, but to drive on those roads I'm sure they would rather drive on better quality roads also Uh, but also you're having the situation like we heard from Councillor Damien Boyle and the fact that air quality is low in a lot of those areas I have mentioned because you have traffic tailbacks and they are worse at certain times of the day and many say all the time uh, but at certain points they're going to be you're going to see heavy traffic in mornings and evenings and of course at school rush hour but on that Claire is a mallow and she says on this road conversation I can't believe we are still talking about building new roads in 2023 it's like we have learned nothing we need a train uh, from Cork to Limerick and then on to Galway not more roads we then need to move all town conversations about traffic problems to actually getting people out of their cars. We need investment in cycling buses and trains, says Claire in Mallow. And yeah, Claire, a lot of people agree with you on that. 
And that was something we discussed earlier on also. Uh, the lack of infrastructure in the areas we mentioned, the lack of trains, the lack of buses. I mean, people, we all would get a train to work, get a bus to work if we could, but the reality is people can. So if you... I think anybody that would be listening if you had the opportunity to get a train which may cost cheaper to get in the train with your leap car than to drive to work every day uh, but if that train stopped in a location near your workplace I feel many people would I mean Claire you say you're in Mallow I know a lot of people who work uh, in Cork City from Mallow and they will get the train from Mallow and then hop off the train at Kent Station and walk up to their offices be that in the new buildings there on the uh, Docklands either the South Docklands area or the North Docklands area uh, and it's all very convenient for them but then you have other people who simply can't get a train uh, because there's no train to where they want to go to. We can see the review of the railway lines across the country underway at the moment and no mention of West Cork there or indeed parts of South Cork or Mid Cork uh, totally excluded and we spoke about that earlier on. So yeah, I think a lot of people would agree with you Claire on that but uh, if you speak to those living in Ballyvalan and Mayfield they're caught with traffic and no cycle lanes and when you speak of buses we had a lot of calls over Christmas and I experienced this myself whereby people were uh, trying to get buses instead of driving into the city centre during Christmas or indeed uh, buses from anywhere but they weren't turning up and when you went on the app the real time app if you have that uh, it was basically saying the bus is being cancelled so people are trying to move to buses and trains but you can't get one Uh, or at least anyhow from a train point of view you can't get one for where you want to go Uh, so yeah it is a a very good point you make Claire and thank you for that on WhatsApp to 0862103103 and I suppose while they are changing everything to do with roads there's no other option from a public transport point of view so that's why people are are frustrated when they don't see their area included but that road network not only for those living in the area it is for those who commute and those who want to travel from A to B or from Cork to Limerick anyhow we'll stick on uh, transport to some degree because Heidi is raising this and I have a few more uh, calls on this as well but this is just two that have come into us Heidi uh, says you were discussing earlier on in the week about the St. Patrick's Day Jollies is what Heidi is calling it and she's looking and hearing at the comments that we are calling out this morning regarding the road network and what Councillor Damien Boylan said about the Transport Minister not liking roads but then Heidi says take Eamon Ryan Uh, he is flying to Singapore Hong Kong and Beijing and then Shanghai which I think is said to be a 4.52 metric tonnes a whole year's worth of carbon emissions from a family car how in all honesty can he be able to place all these green issues on us costing us huge bills everyone has to pay them is it one law for him and another for the rest of us asks Heidi and then a Killarney listener is saying hi John Paul in today's Irish Independent on page 13 and I have it here uh, it reads Ryan's trip for St Patrick's Day will exceed years worth of car emissions and this listener in Killarney says this is the man that tells me not to light coal fires and putting restrictions on farmers with calculs and emission restrictions it's fine for him to head to China he may as well drive into the doll now and ditch the bike. He's against the electricity subsidy as well. This should continue, as in the subsidy for electricity, the €200 Euro credit should continue, this Killarney listener feels, because people are struggling and it should be universal for all workers because many workers are in low-paying jobs and not welfare recipients. And I am a senior citizen, uh, says that listener in Killarney on WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. And then when we spoke about uh, dog fouling and the 
this all came from an email we got Rebecca sent us in her examples of dog fouling on the streets in Formoy but also where she's from herself in the Montanotti area of Cork City and we spoke with Formoy Toddy Towns Councillor Noel McCarthy the chair of the Toddy Towns in Formoy along with Paul Kavanagh involved in the Toddy Towns and they were outlining their views on this and what needs to be done and a lack of bins was one uh, issue that was brought up and somebody else has texted in to say there's no bins at all in the town of Butterfin so that's leading uh, to issues not alone I'm sure with dog falling but maybe a littering as well because we got uh, a call earlier uh, from Butterfin to do with litter and a lot of people feel there's too much littering going on in that area of North Cork Well, then a listener in Bantry is asking about cat fouling this person in Bantry says their gardens are destroyed from it so it's not just all dogs the cats are at it as well and then to hedgerows on farms being removed many feel this is going against biodiversity they feel it's destroying the landscape when you have farms with hedgerows and now what is happening uh, land is being purchased some for commercial reasons some for, by various sectors of society and they are moving and getting rid of uh, the uh, hedgerows that divide up land in the area but while farmers were attending this protest uh, that was held earlier on this week outside Leinster House and we spoke earlier to Adam Moore from Hedgerows Ireland on this uh, Kathleen and Ken Turk says a lot of farmers themselves she feels when they get or purchase new land that they will tear tear out the hedgerow to make the fields bigger uh, so she feels while yes there's concerns there not all farmers do this she says some do and some will take away and remove hedgerows uh, from new land that they purchase and earlier on we touched on inflation and obviously we were discussing this uh, proposal that is now going to go ahead it seems the 9% VAT rate for hospitality it's going to be scrapped it's going to go back to 13.5% and that will uh, really see an influx then and a, a ripple of everything else going up so your breakfast roll if you get a breakfast roll in the morning that is going to increase if you go for lunch during the day uh, a lot of hoteliers and those that own restaurants say they could have to push up lunch costs by €2.50 Euros so the day of a €10 Euro lunch will be gone and while some parts of the EU you and Europe are saying that inflation is decreasing. Uh, Danny in Hazelwood said he did his shopping today and he usually gets a bag of Maltesers. And this is just one example from his shopping bag. Now, this bag of Maltesers would be roughly around 370 But this week, uh, they're at a cost of 420 So while some are saying inflation is on the way down, Danny feels inflation is getting worse every week and that the government needs to wake up. Uh, Thank you, Danny, for your call on that. Now, just something, a a nice act of kindness here we got in on text and this is from Anna who says, Hi JP, would you give a shout out to Michelle and Will? And Michelle and Will are working at Woody's in Turner's Cross. So hello to you both and hello to to all who may be listening to us in Woody's in Turner's Cross because uh, the reason we're mentioning them, yesterday evening Anna went in and she wants to thank them both for their excellent customer service. She had an issue uh, with a lawnmower and this issue needed to be resolved and she had purchased the lawnmower at that store some months ago. But both Michelle and Will were so, so helpful. So again, thank you to them both. I am very grateful says Anna and it is great to call out good customer service because we'll always get calls on a negative view on certain items but it's good to get the positive one so well done again if you know them maybe uh, you know Michelle or indeed Will and they work in Woody's in Turner's Cross we'll tell them Anna is saying well done and they're being called out on their excellent customer
customer service this afternoon here on C103. So well done to both of them. And earlier, we also brought you a survey from, it was a UK survey and it was to do with Sky, who uh, did a survey on TV characters and the best and favourite their one was British children TV shows so we were looking for your favourite Irish uh, children TV shows some of those you would have grown up with over the years and uh, some of them were mentioned probably broadcast from the UK into here as well were like the Thomas Tank Engines Winnie the Pooh Paddington Pear and who else Wallace and Gromit all of those were mentioned but some more Irish ones uh, that we touched on included uh, Forty Coats. A lot of people are remembering Forty Coats and I think somebody on WhatsApp has told me that Forty Coats was in Wanderley Wagon because the majority of our calls and texts and WhatsApps were uh, mentioning Wanderley Wagon, a TV series years ago uh, that was aimed at children. And also we've got Bully, which was a, an Irish cartoon involved a snowman and a lot of people remembering Scratch Saturday and Padjo's Box. They aired early Saturday mornings on RTE2 or Network 2 uh, and as I mentioned earlier from another listener who's in the Clonakilty area remembers Mary Kingston who's from Inchidani and of course Mary featured in Scratch Saturday as well so there are some of the thoughts but Wanderley Wagon seems to be the most what we're getting here anyhow on calls and text is, is the favourite I see now again uh, John saying who remembers the turtles the teenage turtles they were huge as well when he was growing up but Wanderley Wagon and Bernie is saying the same as the one that people most remember for their favourite childhood show. This was the theme song at the time. Does that bring back some memories to you, some nostalgia there? Of course, the Lamberts were involved with the puppets in that show. And that TV programme, it actually started in the 60s on RTE and ran through then to the 80s and maybe was repeated again in part in the 90s. But uh, the majority of people are remembering Wanderley Wagon. And also in there, we have now the Teenage Turtles, the famous five uh, topping the list as well, and Echo Island. And I was mentioning Echo Island and someone says, JP, yes, you're right, it was Darrow Breen. He was one of the first presenters on Echo Island of course he's now got on to huge broadcasting success across the UK on various channels there uh, and a comedian in his own right and has often played live at the marquee and Blood and Knee Coffee was the other original presenter of Echo Island and I mentioned Derek Mooney I remember uh, presenting it anyhow some of your favourite TV shows aimed at children that we've been discussing and thank you for all those suggestions and indeed memories you've brought back to us over the last while uh, a few more coming in here we'll get to those after the break uh, but your views are welcome as always on 0818 103 103 and you can text or indeed WhatsApp to 0862 103 103 The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council delivering roads and housing community and business supports all across the county See corkcoco.ie Bingo is going ahead in Mallow GAA Complex. It's going ahead tonight at 8.15pm and Kildallery Bingo goes ahead also tonight at 8 o'clock in the store at the Creamery Yard. Doors open there at 7 o'clock. Kinsale AFC, their family fun bingo will take place this evening. It's going ahead at Madden Park Clubhouse at 7.30pm. Eyes down there in Kinsale at 8 o'clock. And Tully Lee's Drama Group, they're back after a long break with Tommy Marins plus, or Tommy Marins 
can't play. Nobody's talking to me. Opening in Tully Lee's Hall. That's going ahead on Saturday night and it's also going ahead on Sunday and Friday the 24th and Sunday the 26th of February. Every night there it starts at 8 o'clock. And the hilarious play, The Parish, will be performed by the Hubcap Theatre Company in Dunamore Community Centre. That's on this Sunday night. Tickets are 15 euros and they're available from local shops or indeed you can get them on the door on the night in Dunamore. And a snowdrop open day garden will take place in aid of cancer research in CUH this coming Sunday from 11am to 5pm and it's going ahead at Bride Park Cottage in Calumny. There'll be teas, coffees and light refreshments all served across the day and again admission is 10 euros in aid of cancer research in CUH. And you can enjoy pancakes in Bandon next Tuesday for Pancake Tuesday and from 10am to 12 noon if you go along to the Munster Arms Hotel in Bandon you can get some pancakes and if you pay 10 euros for admission all proceeds go to Marymount Hospice if you are organising a charity event or a not-for-profit event you can email the details to us simply email diary at c103.ie This is Cork Today on C103 Email Patricia now with your story or comment Cork Today at c103.ie and just when we were mentioning items there on the Cork Diary, hello to Marion who says Middleton GAA is going ahead this evening in Middleton at 7.30. So best of luck to all there. And staying with Middleton on the traffic and public transport situation, Liam says the train that goes from Cork to Middleton, it's, it's great, but it does not go to Yall. And Castle Martyr is a bottleneck with people commuting from Yall. If they extended that train from Cork to Yall, it would be of huge benefit to people in East Cork so uh, something again that people are looking at when you're asking those who were maybe upset this morning roads aren't going ahead in their area after that funding announcement yesterday but then you have others saying why are we still talking about roads in 2023 and pushing people onto public transport that is the reason it's not there and people do want to take public transport and if there was that railway track from Yall to Cork City people would use it again something we spoke about earlier in the week regarding uh, the railway line that was taken away uh, from West Cork in the 60s if that was brought back even uh, as far as areas like Bandon or Clonakilty to start off the project that would have a huge effect on traffic in the area and indeed roads in the area and also staying with comments to do with roads and one aspect going back to Heidi's comment on Eamon Ryan who's travelling to China for St. Patrick's Day Jim says and Heidi was comparing the fact that what the carbon emissions he'll use on an aeroplane would be the same carbon emissions you'd have out of a car for a year and that is also contained in the papers this morning Jim says well said by Heidi who was a woman that talks a lot of sense and will Eamon Ryan confront the Chinese about their carbon footprint and if his flight to China is causing that much carbon emissions compared to cars which is only a drop in the ocean says Jim and aviation companies are not even taxed on aviation fuels so where is the sense and fairness in that when Eamon Ryan won't let us burn a bit of turf or indeed trying to get us to buy electric cars with the price of them the lack of infrastructure where do we go from here asks Jim on WhatsApp and sticking with the energy side of things 
Uh, no name on this WhatsApp, but this person, I heard our news earlier and heard that TikTok are expanding in Ireland and bringing work to Ireland. And now what they're doing is he's worried about, will they draw on our grid? Is that going to be a big problem? How are we going to charge electric cars and deal with all these data centres? Uh, the country is becoming a joke, says this person on WhatsApp. And the TikTok announcement you mentioned is that they are now finalising a plan for a second data centre in Ireland with a third party service provider. Uh, they did announce last year that they were going to do this so it's now coming into fruition for this year uh, but concerns on data centres was raised in the last I suppose four months of 2022 when they were worried about the strain it would have on our national grid when it comes to electricity Thankfully, it didn't happen over the winter months, but they are looking ahead to next winter already. But from this person on WhatsApp, they're worried if we have more of these data centres, are they going to draw on our electricity supply? And also, uh, if everybody's going to be going electric by way of car, will that also have a knock-on effect on our ability uh, to keep electricity, electricity supply in Ireland? Not only now, but looking ahead to next winter. Thank you for your texts and WhatsApps on that. And also, a listener was on to us earlier on and this was Marie in Mallow who says I just drove through Donneril and it's lovely to see all the flowers planted along the main street in stone containers. It really brightens up at Donneril. So well done to all there in Donneril and thank you for your call Marie. And back to cartoons. Huge reaction uh, to the cartoons and what people remember. Nostalgia. People love nostalgia, don't they? And this is from Alma, first of all, who says, yes, Forty Coats was from Wanderley Wagon. He had a flying sweet shop and his saying was he had 40 coats, but 50 pockets. So he was part of the Wanderley Wagon show. I don't know, did, did, was that a spin-off? Did Forty Coats do a spin-off after Wanderley Wagon or was it all part of the one show? It seemed it must have been. And also there's another WhatsApp here to do with those TV shows uh, this person remembers Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys which was also a book I think at one stage and then went into a, a TV show as well anyhow thank you for your calls and comments on that a lot of commentary coming through to us and a lot of people have mixed views uh, finally on the 9% VAT rate which is going to increase some people feel they can see why the government is doing this because of what has happened in the hotel industry over the last while and then we have people who say that it's unfair because it will push the price up in other uh, markets so if one area sees prices increasing, others will follow and they feel it will lead to inflation. And then when you look at the price of a pint, says Jim, uh, that has increased a lot. You have the big companies such as Heineken and Diageo pushing up prices. So now if bars and hotels are going to have to pay a higher VAT rate, will that push up the price of a pint again? And uh, Jim is referring to what we heard at a Temple Bar in Dublin. And I suppose Temple Bar in Dublin is, is one area that's always going to be more expensive. But we did, uh, here's a, a brief Vox Pop that our Dublin studios did earlier uh, this week. They went to Temple Bar in Dublin because some bars there are charging nearly 10 euros for a pint, 9 euros 95 uh, to be very exact. Just these people who were in Temple Bar at that time, this is what they said. Well, having come all this way, I might buy one, but uh, but not more than one. Absolutely not. It's too expensive. I'm not paying 10 euro for one point. If it was every single day and I lived here, I'd be a bit annoyed. But I think because it's a holiday and you're here for a couple of days, it's not so bad. Definitely not. Probably sneak a can down the jocks or something like that ahead of it. Or uh, just probably leave and go home. <laughs> 
sorry, the last guy putting, <laughs> bringing cans with him and shoving them down his pants. Anyway, uh, that was the reaction from Temple Bar. Uh, people have mixed views, as I said, over the VAT ratio, but Jim feels it should stay the way it is because it is going to increase the price of a drink. On Temple Bar, though, it is one of the most expensive places in the country. And if you go to other areas of Dublin, prices are not as bad. I know I had a stag there a number of years ago. And some people were never in Temple Bar, so we went there for one or two, but quickly people left the area. And then we went over to Wexford Street, where the majority of, of the late night bars are going over to Hardcore Street. It, the prices, they're still dear, but they were a lot cheaper than they were in Temple Bar. But also you can say that about Cork. You can go to some areas of Cork City and the prices will be cheaper in some streets than other streets. And then if you go away from the city to uh, different areas of East Cork, North Cork and West Cork, prices are a lot, lot cheaper. So it really depends where you go but we'll have to wait and see uh, what will happen with the VAT rate we'll know more uh, next Monday or Tuesday on that but it looks like they are going to scrap it we are now going to our movies Mark Malone has gone to review movies for us so if you're thinking of looking or picking up a movie over the weekend or streaming one online we'll review them with Mark next Record today on C103 text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment 086 time for our movie review Mark Malone joins us as usual on our Friday hi Mark hi Jopal and you went along first of all this is a knock at the cabin before we have a chat about this here's the trailer they're breaking in your family's been chosen to make an impossible choice or the world will end then hundreds of thousands of people are going to die make a choice will you make a choice and there is the trailer to knock at the cabin mark. I did look at the trailer video wise before we came on air. It seems very intense in parts of this. You notice how short the trailer is, though? Yeah. <laughs> and there's a reason for that, because I cut it up big time. And, uh, and I'll tell you what, if, the thing about the film is that uh, there's been a lot of kind of TV um, publicity, and I don't know if you've seen it or not. If you look at the trailer, the trailer gives away the story. It does, and, yeah. And I don't know why they decided to do that. And I say to people, if you haven't seen the TV spots on TV, if you haven't seen the trailer, if you're, if you're intending on going to see this or watching this or streaming it when it becomes available, uh, try not to know anything about it, because I think the reveal is very, very interesting. So it's going to be difficult for me to kind of talk around it um, but um, but if you don't know about it it will make I think the viewer you're viewing you know a lot more pleasurable than actually knowing because when you know you go oh okay okay fair enough you know what I mean uh, so this is based on a, a book by Paul Tremblay it's called The Cabin at the End of the World which I think is a much better title uh, than Knock of the Cabin but I understand why he um, he gave it that title because what do the four characters who would peer at the cabin do they knock at the cabin and they say, let us in. So um, in the cabin is the, these two dads who have their um, their adopted daughter and they go on holidays and they decide to um, rent a cabin in the woods, um, which is always a recipe for disaster anyway, let's face it. <laughs> well, cabin in the woods, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's never a good combination, especially when it comes to kind of a horror movie. And uh, so they won't let these four gentlemen and women in and uh, but so they smash their way in. So they get tied up and basically um, the head of the four, uh, Dave Batista basically says, right, look, the apocalypse is happening, the world is coming to an end, but you can stop it. But you have to make a choice. And that choice is quite 
explicit and and violent. And so that's all I'll say about that. They obviously say, well, we're not going to do that. Why would we do that? You know what I mean? Uh, so the thing about M. Night Shyamalan is that, uh, I mean, I presume you've seen a lot of his movies. I mean, the thing is, even when, um, like, a movie produced by Shyamalan, like, let's say, The Happening, is a poor movie and nobody likes it, it's still, still, he still has a kind of, he has this thing about him and his movies that still kind of excites you. You still kind of go, oh, there's a new Shyamalan movie coming out. Let's go see it. And when he's good, of course, he's terrific with films like The Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, Signs, which yeah. I presume you've seen with Mel Gibson. Yeah, they've been huge uh, movies. Yeah, and the thing about Signs is that he, there are a lot of, uh, I remember when it came out, there were a lot of critics not particularly liking it very much. I thought it was absolutely terrific. But then he kind of went off the rails a bit there for a while. He made movies like After Earth and The Last Airbender and Lady in the Water, which were absolutely dreadful. And then he came back with films like Split and Glass and Old from last year. I don't know if you saw Old. I haven't seen Old now yet, no. I, I really liked it. I thought it was really, really yeah. pretty good. And this is kind of very similar in kind of pace and kind of feel, you know. And um, and that's why I liked Old. And I, again, you know, when it comes to a lot of the reveals, you know, I'm a bit dim when it comes to movies. Like, do you remember The Village? I don't know if you saw The Village. Like, there's the big twist in the end. Of course, you would always meet people who will go, oh, I saw it coming a mile off. I didn't. When it happened, when the twist at the end happened, I was kind of really, really excited. And I think those it. twists are good because if you don't, okay, if someone sees it coming, fair enough. But I think the majority of people wouldn't have seen that coming. And you kind of are taken back when things change at the end. It, it does twist it up a bit rather than what you expect the way of a film to win the usual ending and that's what Shabalan's very very good at uh, mm. throughout the film because throughout the film of course you, you know you're constantly questioning yourself This, these four are, are they just home invaders are they lying are they telling the truth and every now and then you'll get a clue which go oh they are telling the truth and then you'll get another clue going oh okay they're not telling the truth they're just murderers and the, you know what I mean uh, they mean harm to, 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 to this family um, the performances are really really good the film looks beautiful it's shot on 35mm you know it's uh, nowadays most films are shot on kind of high definition kind of uh, cameras but um, um, Shyamalan has gone back so the film looks absolutely beautiful there's some incredible kind of Hitchcockian type shots which he always puts in his film he puts himself in his film like Hitchcock as well <laughs> keep an eye out for him as well and uh, Dave Batista, goodness me this man who is built like a truck who would have thought when you watched him 10-15 years ago when he was wrestling that he would become not only one of Hollywood's biggest stars but a fine actor I mean he's really really good in this film I mean he's so huge and big you don't realise that a man that big could could be so gentle and sweet natured do you know what I mean and soft and of course that's what makes this character uh, much more believable for example rather than if he just kind of played it straight uh, Rupert Grint yes Ron Weasley is in the film as well he's kind of a small part in it I know he'd probably hate people doing that calling him Ron Weasley um, but so all the performances the little girl Kristen Quay I think is her name uh, she is absolutely terrific as well um most of the violence happens off screen which is a good thing I think but it, that doesn't make it any less kind of difficult to watch uh, on occasions and uh, I must say I really really enjoyed it I thought it was really good yes it's not the best of Shamlin, but it's not the worst of Shamlin either and I recommend it Well from what I saw of the trailer indeed I, I would recommend because you don't really know what's going to happen next or where the storyline will go so Mark out of 10 how would you rate I'll give, this? I'll give it 8 8 so that's good that's a high rating so 8 out of 10 for Knock at the Cabin and then uh, this is a more animated uh, movie Mark this is called Strange World yeah Strange World and a strange 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 movie from uh, from Disney actually um, I mean it came out uh, last year into the cinemas and uh, 
kind of got kind of caught everybody by surprise. Eh? But mm. what what was it, what is this film? It was a huge budget and had a budget of nearly two hundred million, and yet nobody kind of knew anything about it. And it went to the cinemas, and it didn't do anything at the cinemas. I think it made about twenty eight million dollars, a huge loss for Disney. So Disney decided, look, what we'll do is we'll just put it on Disney Plus, and uh, and that's where I watched it. And possibly that is why, because of the huge loss uh, from this film, uh, they got rid of uh, their CEO Bob Chapek. They said, Bob, thanks. We'll bring in another Bob, the old Bob. Bob Iger, who was kind of central to kind of Disney's huge success over the years, and they've said basically said to him, "Look, you've got to clean up, uh, you know, Disney." Uh, the one way he's decided to do it, you might have read this past week, something like seven thousand employees are going to be let go, and they're basically just going to, from over the next few years, they're just going to make sequels. They're going to make uh, Toy Story Five. They're going to make Frozen Three. They're going to make Zootopia Two, just to try and earn some of that money back that they lost from this film. And I can understand why this film didn't particularly do well, very well, not just simply because of the uh, kind of pre-publicity of it but it just doesn't really kind of make any sense and I'm not sure really I found it a very very difficult watch and like there's lots happening on screen but you don't really care about what's happening on screen because the narrative because the story is just so poor the visuals of course are extraordinary as you'd expect from Disney and you know the, 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 the animators here can put you know can slap themselves on the back because they've done a beautiful beautiful job here and it's almost as if Disney went look we know the story isn't really up to much but look you know they, they love looking at it do you know what I mean three quarters of the way uh, in the film there's a big big reveal now anybody who's seen the film will know what it is and then the film made sense to me because I thought well why didn't you tell us that at the start <laughs> do you know what I mean and if they had if they had used that reveal as you know part of their publicity machine I think it would be kind of very very much more interesting um, Raquel Welsh we lost Raquel Welsh uh, a couple of days ago she made a film about this very thing I'm going to give a bit of a clue to people uh, if you know your movie history you'll uh, possibly know what I'm talking about She, it's not the not the one where she's in a fur bikini it's the other <laughs> film she made back in the 60s about this kind of thing. And Dennis Quaid, too, who's also in this film, he, too, made a film about that very, very thing a couple of years back. And they could have used that as part of the whole kind of promotion of the film, but they never did. They missed a huge trick, I think, doing that. So that's the thing about the film. I think, again, Disney over the years, uh, one critic I've had uh, of them is that they don't seem to be making movies for kids anymore. They make movies for the critics because they love the critical acclaim. And uh, they say, look, we don't patronise kids. No, you don't. But at the same time, your films are too complicated. Just make them simple. Do you know what I mean? Look, the best Marvel film was Iron Man. Simple movie, a millionaire. He 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 develops a suit to fight e- evil. Keep it keep it simple, and I think uh, they'll be much more successful because it's way too complicated for its own good, and it's a terrible shame. Um, but look, the kids. There's a three-legged dog in it. The, the kids will love that. There's a character called Splat, <laughs> who the kids will love as well. But um, the rest of it is a very very difficult watch. All right, and I did I, again. I looked at this beforehand. It does look visually excellent, and as you mentioned, those various characters there. Yes, for for younger viewers, they will enjoy those. Uh, so out of ten, how would you rate this one, Mark? Uh, give it a five. Five only. Okay, so five out of ten for Strange World, and eight out of ten for Knock at the Cabin. And Strange Worlds is available now. Disney Plus is streaming on, isn't it? It is. Yes. Very good, Mark. Thank you for that. You're welcome. And we'll chat to you next week. That is Mark Malone there with our movie review. Uh, just a final few comments coming in to us. First of all, just going back to Jim and. Others who were questioning the change in VAT rate looking like now the 9% VAT for hospitality will increase to 13.5%, which has a lot of those in the hotel industry worried going to 
the few trend looking forward uh, to this year but uh, some people were asking about the price of alcohol will they see that increasing now when you look at the way Heineken and Diageo has increased prices already will it go up further and thank you uh, to Michael O'Donovan from the Vintners here in Cork who was uh, listening to us and listening to those comments and says the price of alcohol won't go up because the VAT rate on alcohol is 23% the 9% only affects food and accommodation so there should be no change uh, to alcohol rates in bars and thank you to Michael for that from the Cork Fitners and a huge reaction to children TV shows and your favourites and without doubt and I think Bernie has got the same on phones Wanderly Wagon uh, is the favourite and John and Cove because people were uh, discussing and talking about different characters he's a few more that were in uh, Wanderly Wagon he says you had Godmother Sneaky Snake O'Brien and Mr Crow and they all featured in Wanderly Wagon so John and Cove thank you for your memories there with that one and hello to Joan uh, in Cork City Joan recently was in Mallow but she left a book in a brown envelope on the roof of her car and she drove off now the book was a present and it was a birthday present for a friend of hers Uh, so the friend got in touch the next day and thanked her for the book and Joan was Joan knew she drove away and she thought the book was gone so she was questioning how did uh, the book get there so what must have happened is someone must have found the package and posted the package for Joan because the address and everything must have been written on this package but there was no stamps on the package so Joan says it must have cost them a lot of money for the stamps so a big thank you to whoever that person was in Mallow who found a brown envelope with an address on it it was a book for a birthday present and you posted it and you paid for the stamps well done to you a good deed uh, for the day uh, well, for yesterday for you and hopefully it will bring uh, good luck to you over the next while uh, that's it for today my thanks to Bernie Murphy who produced and enjoy your weekend I'm John Paul McNamara have a good weekend when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky, smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.